It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We have checked the tape, and the coach's film does not lie. Who were the biggest standout performers for better or for worse, on each side of the ball in Miami's Week 7 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's our subject here on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers, because we don't just say it, we live it. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. We've checked the film, and usually this show is divided into two. But we did the injury update earlier today, and it's since come out that the Dolphins have activated Nick Needham off of the PUP list. He's on the 53-man roster, and Isaiah Wynn has gone on to injured reserve. Bit of a bummer, bit of a buzzkill for Isaiah Wynn, who has performed admirably well for the Miami Dolphins since transitioning inside to guard. Uh, There will not be any other Isaiah Wynn conversation because Isaiah Wynn uh, only played five snaps in this contest. And this is dedicated to the coach's film and performances that I thought stood out. So this is a little bit less about the mechanics of plays and the structure and the strategy and the chess pieces. And it's a little bit more about performances in a big game that I thought stood out for better or for worse for the Dolphins. And we'll start on the offensive side of the ball and we'll, we'll look at players who I thought performed well and admirably well. This conversation has to start with Tua Tungavaloa. I know the stat line might not be the sexiest stat game that Tungavaloa has ever dropped in a game, but you consider the performance that he had in the midst of the environment that he had and the style of play that the Dolphins had to undertake. And the Eagles were able, thanks to their success up front, to take away the primary identity of the Miami Dolphins offense and that plus the road game environment, plus the non-starter playing at center really compounded some issues for you yet again in a big game against a good opponent, too many variables to overcome, but the Dolphins in this game 
ran a fair amount of five-man protection and straight drop-back passing. It's not a strength for Tua because it hasn't been where his bread was buttered when he was a young player. It's not necessarily how he played at Alabama. But I think this game showed growth in that regard versus what we had seen from Tua in the past as a traditional, like the just straight drop back passing traditional in rhythm, uh, not the play action, not the RPO, not capitalizing on his ball handling skills, not being able to implement some of the parts of this offense that help create some of the same explosive plays. This was drop back, make progressions, read the field, throw with anticipation at certain times, other times, they're going to make it muddy for you. So you have to show judgment and read the coverage and make decisions. And I thought Tua did a really good job of that. Now, the Eagles, in some of the instances where they were very competitive at the catch point, I think they took advantage of playing a little bit more country zone early on and then crowding the catch point and anticipating Tua's anticipation throws. And as this game unfolds, you see Tua start to get a feel for, hey, they're cheating a little bit. I'm going to have to read them and make them wrong with the throw. And the number of throws that Tua made in the pocket that were highly accurate throws, not throws quick to the perimeter, but throws down the field in the intermediate and deeper areas of the field, like the corner route that he hit to Jalen Waddle after the Dolphins had the strip sack of, of Jalen Hurts to put them in scoring position for their first score of the game, like the throw that he hit to Tyree Kill that, that Tyree Kill dropped that left seven points out on the field. Three runners in his face, making throws down the field. Yes, he threw the interception off his back foot. And I think the interception is a shame. And I said this on the, sh the show earlier today. If you assessed Tua Tungavaloa in a vacuum, and Tyree Kill didn't drop the touchdown, and he didn't underthrow the ball, and he did underthrow the ball to Raheem Mostert. But if they had called the DPI, how different would the narrative be for how Tua Tungavaloa played if not for a Tyreek Hill drop and a non-called DPI? It would be very different. Tua's stat line would look different. He'd have probably another 30, 40 yards and two touchdowns, potentially with no interceptions. And I thought late in the game, Tua showed um, an awareness. There were some short throws that were available. And Tua, when they're down 14 with less than five minutes left, understands, look, I got to try to push this thing down the field first. But then there were other times where there's rushers and pressure. And he's protecting himself. And the pass protection was not to the standard that we had seen all season long. Barring the Bills game. And Tua Tungavalo himself, when you took away the things that he did best, still, I thought, executed this offense at a high level. While doing the things that have not traditionally been the strengths of Tua Tungavaloa's game and the strength of this passing offense. Now, you didn't get the points you needed to get, but some of that was situational football. Some of that was non-calls. Some of that was the lack of balance offensively. Some was the fact that you only ran 49 plays. All in all, the execution in a very trying environment, 2021 to a I don't know. He makes it out of the first half of that game because he doesn't protect himself the way that 2023 to a does. And that's a win. 
because that's what we're looking for in this quarterback to go through the ebbs and flows and the highs and lows of a season, make good decisions with the football, protect yourself, understand when you're pressured, understand how to mitigate hits, understand when to get the ball out of your hands, and understand when you need to take shots because the game situation dictates it. You got all that from that quarterback in doing it in a way that's not how this offense is designed and supposed to work. I'll take that. I'll take that silver lining around this black cloud of a game that we got. Uh, Jalen Wild, Tyree Kill, obviously their performances stand out in a big way. Um, Jalen Waddle continued to get volume. Tyree Kill got volume in spite of Jalen Waddle only playing 22 snaps for you offensively. Admired the fact that he came back into the game. He made some tough catches. He made a really good adjustment on a throw that was behind him. Uh, we had Tua having to go down low and dig out a shotgun snap that one hop to him from Liam Eikenberg, and he gets the ball up and he still drills it to Jalen Waddle in a tight window throw uh, to help avoid a negative play. Those kinds of things were very helpful. I thought uh, from an offensive performance standpoint, the offensive line, uh, Robert Hunt was far and away your best performer. I thought Robert uh, handled the physicality of all comers up front for Philadelphia. He had a couple of really nice reps against Jalen Carter. Obviously, that 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 dude's probably going to be defensive rookie of the year. He's a monster. He's already did Isaiah Wynn when Isaiah Wynn got hurt. So there I lied. I said we weren't going to talk about Isaiah Wynn anymore. You saw what he did to Lee Meikenberg. And look, Robert Hunt's on a different plane than both of those guys, in my opinion, as a football player this season. But nevertheless, he's locking down Jalen Carter in one-on-one pass rush reps. There's a couple of them. It's a really good showing from Robert Hunt. And then I thought Austin Jackson was, uh, what should I describe it as, uh, sufficient in protection? Uh, he gave up a couple of pressures in, in my eyes to Hassan Reddick off the edge, but he also had some really nice pass rush sets on an island where he did not have help in bumpers inside. And again, Tua Tungvaloa helped that effort with his timeliness in making decisions and anticipation and feeling the rush and stepping up in the pocket. But uh, Austin Jackson, I thought, was the other offensive lineman. I thought the right side of the offensive line did a, all in all a solid job which is not a surprise because by the end of the game, it was your only two starters, or I should say for everything but the first five plays of the game, it was the the starters uh, on the right side and, and backups from center to, to the left tackle position. So those were players that I thought stood out offensively. Tua Tungvaloa in a big way, in a way that might not necessarily be boiled down to raw production on the field, but big picture in his journey as a player for this offense and this team. Uh, the two dynamic wide receivers, for obvious reasons, Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson. I'd shout those guys out. Uh, we're going to go over to the defensive or the offensive side of the ball for a couple of players that uh, we'd like to see more growth from, better improvements from if they're going to continue to play. That's next year on Locked On Dolphins, so stick with us. These days, every potential new hire feels like a high-stakes wager for you and your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why it's to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word on LinkedIn that you are hiring. 
and simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Prize picks. Daily fantasy sports done right. It's a ton of fun because it's you versus the house. It's not you versus thousands of other people and sharps and pros and people that really kind of water down the experience for daily fantasy sports. You pick more or less on two to six player stat projections. And if you hit them, you can watch the winnings roll in because it's you against the house at prize picks. If you hit six player stat projections more or less correctly in one set, you can win 25 times your money this football season and turn $10 into $250. Prize Picks also offers uh, weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday, where they offer uh, player stat projection discounts up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season so you can stay in the game, prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for first deposit match of up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for first deposit match of up to $100. So this will be the last we speak of the Philadelphia Eagles, and then we are on to the New England Patriots. But we must finish the job, and we must talk about this offensive line performance from the center position over. It was not Kendall Lamb's best performance. And I understand to some degree you're now dealing with communication issues of having a new player at left guard, and that is not ideal. And that's a challenge when the player that's at left guard is playing in between a backup left tackle who admittedly has played a lot of football this season and has played admirably well. And a center uh, who is making his third career start at the position. Not a recipe for success in most cases, let alone against the best off or the best defensive line of football, which the Philadelphia Eagles boast between Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick and Nolan Smith, who logged a snap uh, sack in this game as a first round pick, and Jalen Carter as a top 10 draft selection, and Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams and Jordan Davis as a first round pick. They got dudes up and down the front. There's no layups in this group. And it showed. Uh, Liam Eikenberg, some snap issues, continue to have some timing issues. I think that continues to impact the offense in a negative way that um, with the news that Wynn has gone to IR, I understand you want to be careful with Connor Williams, but if this man has truly been chomping at the bit the last two weeks to play, and you're going to go play the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs before the bye, I would be inclined to think it would really behoove you to have Connor Williams play and help provide some stability for whoever is going to be your left guard between Kendall Lamb and the center position. Because Lester Cotton struggled to keep his head above water as well. I thought he was somebody who um, showed that he had not taken reps. I thought he settled in decently well in the second half. Uh, I thought there were some instances in which he showcased the anchor that you would want for an interior offensive lineman, but getting hands fit on guys, setting with consistency, pushing to the right spot, 
feeling the exchanges with your tackle and your center as far as passing off stunts and games. If you don't think Bill Belichick watched that tape of those guys over there trying to handle twists and stunts and isn't licking his chops to game plan some rush plans against this offensive line, you got another thing coming. And that's why I don't think you can overlook in any capacity the New England Patriots coming into this game, depending on what the offensive line situation is. Now, if you told me it was Kendall Lamb, whatever guard you want to choose, Connor Williams, Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson, I feel fine going into the game. Kendall Lamb with stability has been fine. And they don't have Matt Judon. Not to make this a New England Patriots preview show. But the communication and the execution there uh, was too irregular. And Mike McDaniel said as much after the game. He said he expected that uh, with a week of full preparation and starting reps in practice, Lester Cotton would do things better and more effectively than some of the things that he did when he went out there and had to play for uh, 44 snaps for the Dolphins. Uh, I thought Durham Smythe did not have his best game either. Um, the run blocking effort. Uh, there were a couple of times where the guys on the edge really got into him. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the, the Dolphins turned to, to Julian Hill when they were trying to get stuff going in the run game to get another big body out there to help. And I think it did help a little bit. But Durham really struggled for that first negative loss that you had was on Durham to take the air out of Hassan Reddick and, and get on top of him. And he did not. And Hassan Reddick beat him to the spot and made a tackle for loss on a toss to Raheem Mostert. It's a bummer. We will uh, turn the page, however, and we'll go over to the defensive side of the ball and talk about a few players that I thought had standout performances uh, for the Miami Dolphins. This starts with both linebackers. Uh, David Long and Jerome Baker, uh, in my eyes, played their best games of the season comfortably. And it's a bummer for David Long. They only played 37 snaps. Jerome Baker was out there for 72. So David played about half the snaps defensively. Obviously had the, the collision with Javon Holland. But he was a man possessed. David Long was out there running around, sniffing out screen passes, uh, blowing up tight ends, getting downhill into gaps, drawing would-be holding penalties if we were calling the game in a way that uh, uh, was true to the rule book. But I digress. That's neither here nor there. We got to move on from it. Uh, he, David Long was awesome. And you could see the light bulb was on. The confidence was on. Uh, they had one rep where he's he's up at in his blocks and he's pointing out the play and feels the play. And the run goes to his left and he scrapes and flows with it. And he fits this thing up and he squares it up and he lays out the running back in the pile. And it was a good illustration of play recognition, playing within the confines and structures of the run fit of the front scraping and fitting downhill was good. It's really good. Obviously Jerome Baker had the pick six. He nearly had another pick six. It just, just missed uh, the ball from Andrew Van Giggle. They kind of got knocked up in the air and uh, tries to, to beat Devonte Smith to the football and does not, but, but was around the ball. I thought he made a few nice tackles in space. Jerome Baker did. That's kind of been the, the sore spot for Jerome this season. It's felt like some, some of his landmarks in, Coverage when he's meeting the ball at the receiver and he's scraping horizontally, he's a little too flat or he's a little too far upfield and not on the, the inside shoulder of the receiver and the receiver puts a move on and gets back inside and, and breaks his, his pursuit tangle and, and it's a missed tackle attempt. So 
I thought you were good there. I thought it was great to see Jalen Phillips out there. Uh, endless motor. I thought Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb's handed in the best 120 minutes of football he's given the Miami Dolphins since he was acquired at the trade deadline. He tagged my Lotta a few times with really good rushes. That fourth down and four conversion uh, to uh, to A.J. Brown to set up the, the touchdown that put him on the one-yard line for Philadelphia, um, that was a dropped coverage by it looked like Cater Kohu, who was matching A.J. Brown in coverage. And uh, they collide with David Long, and Jalen Hurts scrambles to get outside the pocket. But it was Bradley Chubb who set the twist stunt and comes down inside into the B-gap and spins out of it and flushes Jalen Hurts out of his spot. And I'll tell you, there's probably 27 quarterbacks in the NFL. That play would have been a sack. By the way, Dolphins, speaking of sacks, Dolphins on pace through seven games for 58 sacks this season in their first in the league in quarterback hits. Continuing to get the back end to gel with this zone match defense and all of the communication and all of the calls and having better reactive instincts down the stretch, it's going to be huge. So we'll be getting Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard back whenever that instance comes. But uh, those would be my standout players um, defensively. I, I will also shout out Raekwon Davis. Uh, I thought he had a couple of really nice fits in the run game and, and holding the line of scrimmage to give the linebackers a chance to shine. Uh, he's been a little up or down this season, but I thought this was one of his better performances as well. Now, we're going to talk about players that we want to see a little more from. That will be how we close the book on week seven for the Dolphins against the Eagles. Stick with us. That's coming up next. Perhaps you'd like to go to the game on Sunday, but you don't have tickets yet. The Dolphins are hosting the New England Patriots. Game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind for your purchase because they're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets with transparency. They will show you the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And they're all in prices, show you your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. You can buy tickets in seconds with just a few taps on your phone. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, it is the place to find last-minute tickets. With zone deals, you can pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Have to ask you guys a bit of a personal question, so please regard me. You ever have trouble performing? Ever out with your partner and just feel like you can't get the job done? To get worse when there's lots of people around. It's especially bad with guacamole. I'm talking about weak chips, the ones that can't handle a scoop of guac. Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips understands the pain of trying to dip a weak tortilla chip. No one wants to go soft on the guac. Unlike other chips, Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are literally built to dip. Made the old-fashioned way, they're cut from actual tortillas, so Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are both sturdy and delicious, crisp, corny, and organic. These chips will take your tailgate to the next level. They are now available in Publix in sea salt, lime, and nacho flavors. You can find them in the deli section with the dips. So head on over to Publix, grab a bag of Zach's Mighty, and scoop that guac like the stud that you are. Defensively, 
I didn't personally feel like the Christian Wilkins game was as bad um, as it felt like many folks did. Did I think it was one of his hallmark games? No, I did not. Uh, I thought he was fine. I thought he was sufficient. I thought Zach Sealer also did an admirable job against, again, a really good offensive front, getting off blocks and helping with the run fits with Miami playing with two safeties in coverage and um, at times playing with a, a deficiency of hats in the box. I thought those guys did enough to get off of blocks, plus the, the strong performances from the edge guys uh, that, that really helped Miami um, give a, a complete effort in the front seven. Uh, they, they were disruptive that from a pass rush perspective, I mean, just, just looking at the tracked pressures, you had Bradley Chubb had seven Wilkins had four sealer had three Phillips had four Van Ginkle had two. Uh, so they, they got strong performances from everybody up front, but I would acknowledge, I thought the interior play was not quite as consistent, uh, as the edge play from a pressure perspective, cater Kohu. Uh, for the second time this season, has been asked to play outside corner and match against number one wide receivers for much of the game, and it has not gone well. Uh, this is one of the developments for Miami that I think is a little bit of a setback versus expectations, uh, and it's tough because he's been pinballed around between being the nickel and being outside, and then he's outside with somebody else in the nickel, and then he goes back to the nickel, and now he's back outside because Xavier Howard doesn't dress. I would like to think as this secondary stabilizes with Xavier Howard's uh, health and Jalen Ramsey's return, Cater Kohu can be put in a position to have a little bit more stability. One thing that's not apparent is his ability to be a number one corner. And you looked at the season that he had last year, which was much more man-heavy scheme, much more press-heavy scheme, and you thought he was really, really effective. We have not seen that version of Cater. And I understand there's a scheme change. You're playing a lot of cover three. You're playing a lot of quarters. It's different. It requires you to play in space a little bit more and not play on bodies as much. And the transitional quickness is just not there. And Jalen Hurts was throwing with a lot of anticipation to the perimeter on a lot of routes that were pressing vertical and coming back to the line of scrimmage or a lot of in-breaking routes. And Cater, in, with his footwork and playing on the perimeter and trying to respect vertical speed and then trigger and get downhill into it, it's just a half tick late on the vast majority of his attempts to, to play in coverage. And it really, uh, from my perspective, hurt Miami's uh, ability to play winning football here. Um, he was targeted nine times, gave up eight receptions, and was credited with 125 yards uh, against him and a touchdown, according to Pro Football Focus. And you know, there's some ambiguity in gray area from assigned responsibilities and coverage in reality and what the actual call was versus the interpretation from any grading system. And that's fine. I get that. But this was not Cater Kohu's shining moment. And I think it's been unfortunate because there's been some instances where he has been asked to play out of position and it, it hurts. Uh, so hopefully moving forward, maybe as soon as this week, we could see Cater be put back into a position to be successful and be what he has shown he is most effective at which is an interior nickel player for the Dolphins. Uh, so that is going to do it for our discussion on week seven. We are on to the Patriots. Uh, we will also have a trade deadline show tomorrow. Going to look across some of the sellers across the league and names that are of interest to me. So I'm looking forward to that. Hope you will come back and see us. Then I'm Kyle Krabs. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. 
I am out of here. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Fins up and peace. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.